All Strange Stories UK here again, Series 4, Episode 9. Uh, calling this one the Judas Pig Podcast. Could all go wrong. I've been around the pub this afternoon, but I'm going to do it anyway. So this podcast was originally made as an extra podcast for those who had made a Kofi contribution. As I've now in- abandoned that scheme, well, thank you for the few people that made a contribution... I'm making it available as a podcast to be released on the Strange Stories UK site. I'm not sure how popular it's going to prove as it is a deconstruction of a novel, but a novel with an unusual feature. So, on with the podcast. Rather surprisingly, the Guardian newspaper reviewed a crime novel in February 2004 a debut novel by Horace Silver, whose real name was Jimmy Holmes. Someone obviously knew that this was not a usual crime novel. That someone was Tony Thompson, who was a journalist at the Observer newspaper and the author of books on British gangs. It was he who wrote the article. He knew the unusual feature of the book. When I checked my bookshelves and found a couple of books by Tony Thompson, one of which is called Gangs, the blurb on the back says that Thompson goes down the mean street so we don't have to, but it's a well-written book and published at the same time as Judas Pig, the Judas Pig book. Thompson was obviously well informed, he's a crime correspondent for the Observer newspaper, and the reason for the book review and the interview with the author Tony Thompson had contacts both in the criminal world and the policing world. I've recently read another of his books, uh, which I can recommend, called Blogs 19, the story of the Essex Range Rover triple murders. The annoying aspect of the Thompson books is that there is no index. I will be doing an Essex Boys or Retterton podcast before the year is out. I know that the world doesn't need another podcast on this case, as it's been so well covered by others, but I thought it may end up uh, my Canning Town series quite well, as there do seem to be a number of connections. Anyway, back to Judas Pig. The book Judas Pig seems to have become a cult book. The name originates from a method of hunting a Judas Pig a method of hunting feral or wild pigs. The female pig, the sow, has a tracking collar and is left in the wild to join a group of pigs. They're tracked and slaughtered, and the sow is left alive to join another group, which can be tracked and the process repeated. During the course of reading the book, I've had to contact, um, consult the slang dictionary to make sense of certain words. For example, who knew that a yoga was a street slang for a gun? The narrator in Judas Pig is Billy Abrahams, who is Horace Silver, or Jimmy Holmes, or the character of Jimmy Holmes. These all refer to the same person. He is the Judas Pig. So in the book Judas Pig, written by Horace Silver, he's telling the story of himself, who in the book is called Billy Abrahams. As I said, his real name is Jimmy Holmes. Well, actually, it may actually be Jimmy Mayer. But to keep things simple, and for the duration of the podcast, I will call the character Abraham's Holmes, which I hope it won't be too confusing. In the book, Abraham Holmes makes a good living from criminal activity and is ruthless. But during the story, he starts to crack up as he descends into drugs which affects his judgment and perceptions. The stories are experienced by Jimmy Holmes, who tells of the descent into his drug addiction as a coping mechanism for the violence he was involved in, and that he knew that would eventually impact on him. The organised crime group that he operated with was out of control, and he felt that he had no control over his destiny as a result. Judas Pig was first published in 2004. I have the later version, which has 314 pages. My copy has the pig carcass on the front cover. 
Earlier versions have a picture of the author standing in the foot tunnel under the River Thames at Greenwich, which leads to Canning Town from South London. The original 2004 version, the first edition, is said to be worth over £70. Later editions can be bought on Amazon for less than £10. The second book is unavailable and worth much more, although I've managed to find a download online. This is called the Charity Commission. I think you can buy Judas Pig for a couple of pounds on Kindle on Amazon. The Guardian article claimed that back in 2004, Abraham Holmes had retired from crime. The article continues that other members of his gang, who were the Hunt Organised Crime Group, OCG, uh, who were part of the Canning Town Cartel, OCGs, were still active and would like to have seen him dead. Holmes joined up with David Hunt in 1984 and they fell out in 1995. The book Judas Pig is an attempt by Jimmy Holmes to cause as much trouble as possible for his old partner, David Hunt. A lot of the Judas Pig is fiction, or at least unverifiable, as the author has to be careful to avoid implicating himself in certain crimes. The nucleus of the Hunt OCG was made up of David Hunt, his brother Stephen, Billy Jacobs, who was a school friend of the Hunt brothers, and Jimmy Holmes. The Hunt brothers and Jacobs grew up together in Canning Town. Fun fact here, Billy Jacobs' brother was an ex-professional footballer, Steve Jacobs, who played for Coventry and Brighton. The Guardian article makes the point that successful criminals avoid becoming household names and the previous gang members of Horace Silver's gang had never been convicted of any major crime. The book Judas Pig tells of the Canning Town Cartel OCG, or at least the Hunt OCG, operating, it details the rip-offs, the double crosses and the many killings in which the gang may have been involved. The book tries to expose David Hunt. Abraham's Holmes has to take drugs, mainly cocaine, as a coping mechanism for the violence he has to deal with. He says that he needs to take cocaine to deaden the pain, as he's not a born gangster, and he can't cope with the violence involved. The Abraham's Holmes character says that he needs cocaine to deaden the remorse. His partner Danny doesn't need it, as he's a psychopath and enjoys the violence. The book review claims that everything in the book actually happened. Sometimes the author changes a few dates or names because otherwise he would be leading himself down the path to prison. But everything in the book actually happened. Although it's written as a novel with a narrator telling the story in the first person. What's clear to me is that not everything in the book happened as was explained. Although everything in the book may have happened to someone somewhere, it didn't always happen to the Abraham's Holmes character, and the book can be confusing as facts and events are mixed up. For example, it tells of the Zomparelli murder in Old Compton Street at the Golden Goose Amusement Arcade in Soho. In Judas Pig, it's written as if David Hunt character Danny Longshanks killed Zomparelli, with Abraham's Holmes character riding the motorcycle. Well, this can't be true. We're almost certain that Nicky Gerrard and uh, George Bradshaw did the hit in September 1974, when Hunt and Holmes would have been teenagers and at school, although the crime remains unsolved on police books. Zomparelli had killed the younger brother of celebrity gangster Ronnie Knight, who later admitted that he had rewarded Nicky Gerrard for the killing. Knight said that if he had not acted against Zomparelli, the hate that Knight felt inside him will eventually kill him. Knight, in his autobiography, claimed that he didn't know of the hit, but when he learnt that Nicky Gerard had killed Zomparelli, he rewarded him, which seems a bit unlikely. Ginny Holmes would have known the story well as he worked for Bernie Silver, who was a gangster businessman whose pornographic businesses were in Soho. It was fighting amongst criminals that caused the death of Knight, the actual cause was never convincingly explained, but it seemed to be a fight over territory between gangs, and is now part of Soho folklore.
It's not known why Holmes or Silver claim the hit, mainly because it's at the beginning of the book, page five. Maybe he's telling the story that people know that he's not part of so as to throw people off. Another reason that he may be mentioning the Zomparelli murder was because the killer was Nicky Gerard, who in turn was supposedly shot by Tommy Hall, whose criminal son was married into the Matthews family, part of the Canning Town OCG that Abraham's Holmes turned against. Holmes may have just wanted to stir up memories by reminding people of that fact, that the Nicky Gerard murder was never solved by the police. They arrested Tommy Hall for the murder, but he was never convicted. It was quite possible that corrupt policing allowed the murder to remain unsolved. It's no secret that the Metropolitan Police were corrupt at that time. Another reason why Jimmy Holmes may have mentioned the Zomparelli murder was to implicate David Hunt in the murder of Nicky Gerard. In the book Legacy by Michael Gillard, Jimmy Holmes is supposed to have told the Newham Crime Squad that David Hunt had been the person that shot Nicky Gerard for a slight that happened many years before when there'd been a teenage dispute between the two of them. Gerard is supposed to have thrown Hunt out of a party when he was 19 and threatened him with a knife. This would have been in 1979 and the resentment was said to burn deep inside David Hunt. Apparently there'd been DNA evidence that had been in existence since the 1982 murder of Nicky Gerard but had gone missing while in police storage. Hunt had supposedly admitted the killing to Holmes, who he always said that he was worried about the DNA would match him to the murder. It is possible that Tommy Hall and David Hunt teamed up to kill Nicky Gerard. This would fit into theories over the killing. Tommy Hall had been having an affair with Nicky Gerard's wife, but he was Nicky Gerard's cousin and good friends with him and Nicky Gerard had been in prison for attacking Michael Glukstead, who appears under his own name in uh, Judas Pig, and he seemed to have made other enemies. Gerard had made other enemies. So there were other people that wished Gerard ill. In an earlier podcast, we mentioned the murder of Tommy Hall. Tommy went downhill when his son, who was in prison with him, committed suicide. It was rumoured that he was murdered on the orders of his friend David Hunt to make sure that Tommy would never say that Hunt was with him when they murdered Nicky Gerard back in 1982. That's Tommy Hunt being murdered by David Hunt. It was said that Hunt could have been getting rid of possible loose ends. However, it's thought that the families of the Hunt and the Gerard are friendly, which would seem unlikely if Hunt had been part of the hit on Nicky Gerard, which seems surrounded by intrigue and rumour. On balance, it seems unlikely that David Hunt had anything to do with uh, Nicky Gerard's murder. Abraham's Holmes was dismissive of the books written by the well-known gangsters, the celebrity gangsters' autobiographies. He said that they are failures, they've been caught, they've done jail time, and it happened such a long time ago as to be irrelevant. The present most prominent London criminals have never said anything, and never will as they don't want to be exposed as criminals. The central figure in the book Judas Priest, Abraham's, Abraham's Holmes' former partner in crime, is known simply as Danny. The Abraham Silver Holmes character first met up with Danny, or David Hunt, Danny Longshanks, in 1984, and they teamed up in 1985. So Danny, Danny Longshanks, is supposed to be David Hunt, the main figure in the Hunt OCG, part of the Canning Town cartel. Hunt has been on remand and in court, but no one will testify against him. Witnesses have vanished or died or declared themselves to be suffering from amnesia when asked to act as a witness against him. It was said to have been lawyers working for Hunt that stopped the publication of the follow-up book to Judas Pig, the Charity Commission. Abraham's Holmes finally left the gang, the Hunt OCG, after falling out with Danny or David Hunt. He thought that David Hunt had stolen his share of the OCG's investment money while he was in prison. The book is a revenge on the man he once considered his friend, but who later tried to have him killed. 
I've explained the backstory in previous podcasts. David Hunt was a much feared person, but has since tried to become a respectable businessman. Holmes had been disappointed in himself for getting himself in a position where he could be cheated and bullied by Hunt, and was trying to fight back. He was living in a small seaside town in California, when he f- where he fled with £500,000, hidden away. He had tricked this from Hunt, the amount being what he felt it was stolen by Hunt from him. It was what he said was owed by Hunt, so he did not consider it as stealing. Holmes felt safe building up a network of trusted allies in California. He claimed he had been working with Cuban gangs. But Holmes would return and rent a house in Dublin which gave him an opportunity to visit London and cause problems for Hunt. Amongst the so-called uh, guerrilla actions he took against Hunt were firebombing a brothel that Hunt was operating and flyposting information about Hunt's criminal past in the village where he was now living. Hunt got an injunction against Holmes claiming uh, coming to the village where Holmes considered that Hunt had ratted or as he explained, sweetgrass on him, which allowed him to write the book Judas Pig. Another reason why Hunt was, I beg your pardon, another reason why Holmes wanted to publish the book was to put his side of the story to the London underworld, who had been dealing with. He thought that Holmes' old firm, the Hunt OCG, was spreading false rumours about him all over London. Outstanding large-scale drug rip-offs and unpaid debts were being blamed on Holmes leaving his old firm. This allowed them to dodge debts and blame Hunt for any rip-offs that had been carried out. He felt that he had been used as a scapegoat. Holmes said that he changed some names to protect the guilty, but those in the know will know who he's referring to. He said that he would tell of the, some of the heavier drug fucks his terminology, he was involved in, along with some revelations about unsolved gangland murders. Holmes said, I decided to pick up a pen to set old scores. In Judish Pig, I named a few of the heavier drug fucks my firm was involved in, alongside the revelations of as yet unsolved gangland murders. Holmes said that he used the true names of those that were now dead, such as Ronnie and Reggie Cray. Holmes, like many others, had met the craze and was not impressed. He called them major disappointments as humans. He described Ronnie Cray as a fucking embarrassment, a complete fruit and nut job with no grasp of reality. Charlie Gray was not a gangster, he was just a silly sausage. On page 11 of the book, Abraham Holmes talks about the Peacock Public House, which was owned by the Bowers OCG. The Hunt OCG are in their pomp and they met a gang of unarmed robbers who are called Darky George, Terry Taroni, who may, be, may have referred to Tommy Hole, and Mookie Wilson in the book. There's a confrontation between the groups and one of the Hunt gang, who is called Frankie, who I take to be Billy Jacobs, is stabbed by Darky George, who in turn suffers a very unpleasant punishment when the Hunt OCG catch up with him with a craft knife and his eyelids are cut. Darky George seems to refer to George Davis. George Davis, who was nicknamed Darky George, was born in 1941, so he would have been in his early 40s when he clashed with the Hunt OCG. I estimate the date of the clash to be in 1986, as Davis was out of prison at this time, and Stephen Hunt, David Hunt's younger brother, had just got out of prison. George Davis was making allegations about Stephen Hunt being too friendly with prison warders while doing time, and this led to the events as described in Judas Pig. George Davis had the nickname Darky. In the book Judas Pig, Darky is a black man, although Davis was white. The story seems to have been a conjunction of two incidents the running with George Davis in the early 1990s, and the later death of Robert Willie. Robert Willie was black and had been tortured before being shot in the head in 2002. Robert Willie was a small-time criminal from the East End of London. His death came after Hunt and Holmes had fallen out, but possibly Hunt had heard of the connection and so added it in the book. 
to embarrass Hunt. The story was that David Hunt's mistress, Kelly Amor, in Judas Pig, actual name was Kelly Love, was accosted by a Larry Black dude who said he was going to rape her. Word got back to Danny, or David Hunt, who found out who he was and where he lived. He killed him after torture, torturing him and dumped the body in the Essex wetlands. Robert Willie's burnt body was found on the 21st of November 2012. He may have been tortured before he was shot. Going back to George Davis, he was an armed robber and a manipulator. In 1973, Tommy Hole and George Davis, Darkie George, had worked together. They were charged with a £7,000 armed robbery at the London Electricity Board in Ilford, during which a policeman was shot. Hole was cleared, but George Davis was sentenced to 20 years. When Tommy Hole was cleared, he campaigned for Davis' conviction to be quashed. His campaign led to several unorthodox publicity stunts, including digging up the Headley Test pitch, cricket pitch, and crashing a car into the gates of Buckingham Palace. It was 1975 when the George Davis Innocent OK campaign was in full swing. Friends and family believed he was innocent, and various incidents to gain press attention was launched. Were launched. The last day of the Test match was abandoned with England on the verge of winning against Australia in 1975 after friends of George Davis dug up the pitch at Headingley and poured motor oil into the holes. This caused public outrage, but it also questioned, uh, people started questioning if Davis really was innocent. Plot spoiler, he wasn't. Bill Kerbishley was the manager of the rock band The Who. He was also a convicted armed robber from Canning Town, and he knew George Davis. And he persuaded the lead singer, uh, what's his name again, um, of, the, of The Who, Roger Daltrey, to perform wearing a George Davis's Innocent t-shirt to help publicise the case. Fun fact, Alan Kerbishley, West Ham legend, is Bill's younger brother. Anyhow, Davis manipulated his friends and family, convincing them he was innocent. Davis was subsequently released, but never pardoned. After which Davis behaved very badly towards fam family and friends. He thought he was some sort of celebrity, and was then convicted of an armed robbery just a year later, when some friends who campaigned for him were still in prison for breaking the law, trying to highlight his case to that he was innocent. Davis's wife, who campaigned for him, changed back to her maiden name and wanted nothing more to do with him. She made arrangements that he should not attend her funeral after it became clear she was dying of cancer. Davis was a narcissistic personality who lived in Canning Town and would have known the criminals in that area. Clearly, the punishment handed to him in the book Judas Pig had not happened to him in the way described but it may have been wishful thinking on Silver, Abraham's Holmes, behalf, as George Davis was not a likeable person. On page 31 of the book, we are introduced to Denny Dalston, who referred to Barry Dalton, who supposedly was making a nuisance of himself with David Hunt's oldest brother, who had a scaffolding firm. He was trying to get protection money from him. Well, that's the received wisdom although there's no way of knowing if it was true. Barry Dalton was also known as Mad Barry. He did not always make rational decisions and was known as a bully, who was always short of cash. Dalton was shot in a car in Alexandra Palace during September 1992. At the time of his death, he was said to be manager of a minicab firm, but this was a front for criminal dealings in Dal as Dalston was known for running protection rackets across London which probably resulted in his death. He was also the father of five children who were devastated by his death. Dalton was a tough guy who had been a bare-knuckle fighter and was said to have had connections with the IRA. He had fallen out with Lenny, the Governor Maclean, a.k.a. the hardest man in London during, the during 1990. The story in the book was that Denny Dalston felt he'd been shown up by Maclean during sparring. Abraham Holmes said that McLean could be a dreadful bully. 
Lenny McLean, known for playing Barry the Baptist in the film Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels in 1998. He died of cancer just before the film was released. He went under his real name in the book and was one of the celebrity hard men of London. McLean seemed to be a popular character in uh, Judas Pig. Abraham Holmes described him as hard as nails and as thick as two short planks. Sometime in 1985, Dalton turned up at McLean's house with a shotgun. Abraham Holmes said later that McLean had just got out the shower and answered the door with a towel wrapped around him. He saw the gun and was trying to get away when he was shot in the backside. Abraham Holmes said if Dalton wanted to kill him, he would have. He was just mugging him off, according to uh, his account. Later in June 1986, there's a video on YouTube, Dalton fought on the undercard of a McLean fight, which is rather surprising, as it was thought that Dalton needed a few hundred pounds that would be paid for the fight. He thought that Lenny would have let bygones be bygones, but apparently there was a confrontation between the two at the fight. Dalton was not thought to be a particularly popular person, and was said to have a number of people who would like to see him dead. The rumour after his death was an East London OCG had murdered him, and McLean was uninvolved. I've posted a still from the June 1986 fight on the Facebook site, as it's supposed to show Jimmy Holmes, and one, possibly two of the Hunt brothers, and Billy Jacobs. So an only photo of the Hunt OCG that were to earn such a ferocious reputation later. The book Judas Pig explains how Dalton fell out with the Danny's gang after trying to muscle in on some of their business interests. Apparently the IRA came into ownership of a consignment of cannabis and went to the Canning Town Cartel, or the Hunt OCG, to sell it. The OCG wanted to deal with it as one deal. But Dalton, who was said to be short of cash, wanted to break it down, and which would have increased the chances of getting caught with it. Dalton was also acting bizarrely and attracting attention. The Hunt OCG contacted the IRA in Belfast directly to explain the situation, asking for advice the best way forward. The IRA said that they would uh, wanted him gone, and were willing to send across a hitman. But the Hunt OCG decided on Maddie Croxton from Barking to do the job, allegedly. Although the killing remains unsolved on police files, it was said to have been carried out by a hired hitman called Del Croxton. He's called Maddie in Judas Pig. Croxton had recently been released from prison after serving 16 years for armed robbery. He was recruited because, as Abraham Holmes puts it, it's handy to have a couple of psychos around in case they have stuff that needs doing. Croxton died from a drug overdose in prison during January 1994 after being arrested for the Barry Dalton hit. It was thought that Croxton was having a mental breakdown and was thus a possible informant and thus a weak link. Croxton's partner had recently given birth to her first, his first child and he feared he would never leave prison. His fragile state was worsened by his addiction to heroin. Someone is thought to arrange for Croxton to be supplied with heroin while in prison, but the drugs were far more potent than anything he had previously used. He overdosed in his cell and died with a needle still stuck in his vein. Croxton was considered a psychopath and a chronic drug user, and many people thought he was better off dead. Ronnie Olive is referred to as Ronnie Olive in the book, Judas Pig, and is first introduced on page 16 of the book, and his name continues to crop up. He's introduced as the head of a South London OCG that worked with the Craze OCG back in the 1960s. The truth being that the Olive family from Bermondsey were six sons who ducked and dived together, and as there were six, they were considered a strong team. Ronnie was considered good at running spiels, which were illegal drinking clubs and gambling clubs. 
Ronnie Olive was friendly with Freddie Foreman, who was considered an enforcer for the Grey OCG back in the 1960s. So that's where the Cray connection came from. Abraham Holmes first came into contact with Olive in 1984 when Holmes was 25 years old. Olive was said to be involved in gambling clubs, clip joints, pawn shops, and brothels. He had the spieler where he conducted his business over a second-hand furniture shop. This is where he and Holmes first met to do business. Holmes did not seem too impressed as he described the spieler in Judas Pig. Sounds quite disgusting and not a place where anyone would want to pass time at. Abraham Holmes seems to have had a very low opinion of Olive, whose OCG is weakened by losing forces one of whom is described as Blackheart. This seems to refer to Elf Gerard, Nicky Gerard's father, who died of a heart attack at Brighton, although the timings are a little bit out here, as he died in 1979. Freddie Foreman was out of the country during 1983, leaving Olive vulnerable. There had been a murder at a local charity boxing match. This would have been December 1982, about 18 months before the Abraham Holmes had joined up with the Canningtown cartel. Peter Hennessy's murder had caused divisions in South London, Olive's area, leaving him exposed. The death of Hennessy had sparked off a near civil war in South London. The story was, apparently, South London criminals liked to attend charity boxing matches as an excuse to dress up, as these were held at prestigious hotels. There'll be a number of bouts of boxing, about two minutes for about six rounds, so a total of about 12 minutes each fight. There will be a charity auctions in between bouts. In the book Judas Pig, there was a watercolour painting donated by the Craze. They're bought for £5,000 by the Hunt OCG at a charity event, a similar charity event, with the money going to a sick child. In December 1982, such an event was held at Kensington Palace Hotel, which was well attended by the South London criminals. Ronnie Olive was there with his Bourbonsy Bows. Uh, sorry, somehow dogs and cats have made their way into the room, but I shall continue. During the evening, drink flowed and a well-known criminal called Peter Hennessy, known for causing trouble, upset people by trying to have a whip round for a charity for an invalid wife of a friend. This was not one of the charities that funds were being raised for that nut. There was a fight, and a close friend of Olive, Patrick O'Neill, another friend, Jimmy Coleman, smashed a bottle of Hen over Hennessy's head after he'd been stabbed. The police were called, but of course no one had seen anything. The South London gangsters were going to sort things out themselves, which resulted in various deaths, including Paddy Onions. It also caused a great deal of aggravation and lost business for the South London criminals as they fought amongst themselves. It was considered very bad business. All of this had left Ronnie Olive badly exposed in the disagreements in South London. He had been very close to both Paddy Onions and Jimmy Coleman. The Judas Pig book suggests that Olive wanted to be associated with the up-and-coming Town cartel to give himself some protection by forming an alliance with the Canning Town Cartel. Holmes was first introduced to Ronnie Olive in 1984. At this time, Ronnie Olive was being minded by Mickey Bahara and Jimmy Coleman, Olive being the business brains. Bahara had spent time in prison with Holmes and claims to have been introduced claims to have introduced him to David Hunt as Bahara was friendly with the people in Canning Town. In Judas Pig, Mickey Bahara is called Smoothhound. It seems that Holmes was making a sarcastic comment about Bahara's dress sense, as he wore stacked shoes and loud clothes. It is not easy to ascertain dates in Judas Pig, which often don't make sense. Olive is importing drugs into the country in conjunction with the Masons OCG from Blackpool. The Masons OCG were a powerful uh, gang in their area and had allegedly seen off attempts by the craze to muscle in on Blackpool in the 1960s. 
There were some formidable figures in the 1980s Blackpool after Glasgow gangs became established in the area. Blackpool at that time was called by some, ironically, as the Las Vegas of England. And there were established OCGs, so it had been difficult a place to try to move into to sell drugs or protection. Olive is described in the book Judas Pig as a 65-year-old man, which would have been around his age when the book was published in 2004. But when he was ripped off by Abraham's character, it would have been before 1993, probably as early as 1985. So there are time discrepancies. Some other characters are mentioned in this part of the book, including Mixie Martin, who's Michael McAvoy, who organised the Brinks-Mac gold robbery. Roddy Olive was supposed to be trying to steal McAvoy's gold that had been stashed away, supposedly in the chimney of Patsy Clark's house in Chislehurst in Kent. Apparently, builders had been instructed to make a concealed area, and the information was leaked. The gold had been moved, but, and, uh, but when this became known that the gold had been there, many thought that it was still there, and it remained a target for some. In December 1993, David Hunt's father died, and at his funeral, Olive attended. He was trying to get his money back after being ripped off by Holmes and Hunt. Olive had well, his Blackpool money. Olive had, tr- had turned up at the funeral with Coleman and Bahara. Bahara had approached Hunt after some pleasantries and came to the point and said Ronnie was wondering where his money was. Bahara was badly beaten up and pistol whipped by the Hunt OCG. Olive and Coleman were said to have watched on nervously before they all ran off and escaped. Bahara later gave a different story. He explained that Olive was making a lot of money with pornography with David Sullivan and Jimmy Holmes. Holmes stole money from them and then ran to Hunt saying he had been bullied by Olive. Bahara said that Olive, Coleman and himself went to pay their respects at the funeral of Hunt's father in December 1993. He had not realised that Hunt had already spent the money buying a flat in Sussex Square in Brighton. Bahara said that he suggested that they should sort out the disagreement, but then he was surrounded and beaten by the Hunt OCG. Bahara declined to comment further, saying that he wasn't a kiss-and-tell guy. This, of course, suggests that the book Judas Pig was telling one side of a story. The person telling the story, the Abraham Holmes character, is a criminal and a drug addict, and is, who is so often out of his mind with drugs and alcohol that he doesn't remember what's happened. In the book Judas Pig, the Billy Abraham's Holmes character retreats to his flat at Sussex Square in Brighton in order to hide out, take drugs, and he gets out of his head for a couple of weeks at a time, and he's paranoid over the motivations of other people. In Judas Pig, there's an attempt on Billy Abraham or Holmes's life on the M23 road as he's driving to Brighton. He blames this on Olive. This results in the Judas Pig book, Bahara, being killed by the Billy Abraham's character. This obviously did not happen, so maybe it was wishful thinking on Abraham Holmes's behalf, who says in the book that investing in a pistol is sexier than a pension plan. At this time, Abraham Holmes, or the silver, drug consummation, was almost out of control as he couldn't function without cocaine. Holmes felt out of his depth as the violence seemed to non-stop and he felt he was going mad. He felt he was making more enemies every day and he felt reprisals would happen soon. Holmes felt that he was associated with the Hunt OCG and they were causing so much trouble for people and making so many enemies every day, and it was so out of control that he couldn't stop it. All he could do was to take more drugs to calm himself down and buy a gun with a silence of a protection. There's a story told in Judas Pig where the Abraham Holmes character is cracking up with the pressures of his lifestyle, drugs and booze. He beats up an old tramp who he thinks was the person that sexually abused him when he was a child. He's about to kill him, but then he realises he's not the abuser, as the abuser had a tattoo and the tramp did not. 
The Abraham Holmes character puts a couple of hundred pounds in the tramp's pocket and leaves him bloodied in the street. A watershed was reached with a bug incident. The bug refers to a drug importer. This character was thought to be James Marston, or James Bug Eyes Marston, who was a Hatton Garden jeweller who knew some of London's most prolific armed robbers and helped import drugs for Mickey Green, who imported large amounts of cannabis each month into the UK. Marston had been involved in a VAT fraud, as later exploited by Kenny Noy, John Palmer and so on. James Marston had skipped off to the Costa de Sol in 1981 after it became clear that customs were closing in on the VAT fraud. He had made millions out of the scam, variants of which were being tried and were well known in criminal circles. Those that were involved in the VAT frauds then turned their hands to drug smuggling as they had profits to invest in other schemes, such as drug smuggling. The gold frauds, given a huge boost by Brink's Matt money, gave London's big-time criminals the money and skills to get involved in the big drug importations. Some of Marston's associates, such as Mickey Green, became prolific drug traffickers. They also became targets for people that knew they had money. Drug importations were the big money spinner, and ripping off people's drug importations were the fashionable gangster crime of the time. Hatton Garden jeweller Saul Solly Nohom was a member of the Adams OCG, also became involved, heavily involved in the VAT scams, drug smuggling and money laundering. Solly Nohom was murdered, an unsolved case. It was thought that he knew too much about the workings of the Adams OCG. In the book Judas Pig, the bug is kidnapped and tortured by Billy Abraham's gang, the Hunt OCG. He's captured at the Wright Brothers car showrooms. That's the Wright Brothers, of the only way is Essex fame. They're in on the kidnapping as they owe the bug a lot of money and they've been exposed. They've exposed his drug dealings to Billy Abrahams and Donny Angshanks, who they also owe favours to. The Wright Brothers are hopefully are hoping to profit both ways. In the book Judas Pig, it's said that they, were, that they spend freely and get in debt easily. According to Judas Pig, it seemed that the Wright brothers, Essex car dealers, arranged for cars to be stolen for them, which they ship out to the Far East. Abraham Holmes says that they have a tendency to play it up a bit. They act like big shot playboys, but they got themselves into heavy debt not just with the Canning Town Cartel, OCG, but other major league players, such as the Bug. In a recent TV programme, Who Do You Think You Are?, which featured Mark Wright, seems a nice lad, he's famous for reality TV. They were researching his family background. It was telling that his father, who wasn't shy about appearing in The Only Way as Essex, was not even mentioned. It was uh, his grandfather that appeared in the programme. The bug is almost killed before he reveals the hiding place of the money that he's received for the drugs he smuggled in. It turns out the money is hidden in a Citroen car parked in a multi-storey car park in Ilford. The bug is driven to the country setting and dumped semi-conscious for the police in the, the provincial police to deal with. They don't want to leave the bug in London because the Met Police will realise that it's a gang gang business that's been uh, causing him to be there. It's not known what happened to the bug, who seemed to show a lot of courage in Judas Pig, only giving information when he's close to death in an attempt to save his life. The bug would have been well connected and would have fuelled Abraham Holmes' paranoia, I would have assumed. The character Skinny O'Neill was thought to be Sean O'Neill from the Paddington area of London, who was the bug's muscle. He's since died. Some people are shown contempt in Judas Pig book when they are named. They're named with their real names. Mark Powell, the Soho tailor whose business was used to launder money. Powell is described as a bolding, bolshy egnomaniac who can be wound up like a clockwork toy. 
He said to cater to modern-day celebs who are sad funk wannabe wide boys who have never had a fight. Powley wins them over with his barrow boy banter. Powell was described as a plastic gangster, a wannabe. His business in the West End was ideal for a money laundering because no one ever asks any questions about West End businesses. The Abraham Holmes, or silver character, has a good feel for the Soho area. The Judas Pig references criminal stories going back to the early 1950s. The area is the best-known gay area in London, and the Abraham Holmes character is the homosexual, so there's a fondness for the area. In various incidents are mentioned, including a South London conflict with the Arif OCG trying to take out the Bermondsey OCG. But everywhere so drunk on champagne, he suggests that the Arif should be known as the gang that couldn't shoot straight. After an incident at an illegal drinking club, when they're all supposedly blasting away after drinking heavily and only injuring one of their own. Other cases go back to the early 1960s in Soho, such as Tony Muller, who refers to Tony Meller. He was killed outside the Gargoyle Striptease Club, or the Bus Stop Club. I think this case is mentioned as Abraham's Holmes was such an aficionado of the uh, criminal Soho history. Ronnie O'Sullivan's name is not disguised, probably because it'd be obvious who he was. His his son is described as a snaker prodigy, who was about 10 years old at the time, and a feisty little fucker who would play snooker standing on a box, as he was too small to play shots otherwise. He was a hustler, and he would go on to become world champion. The Abraham Holmes character is saying that it was a shame what happened to his father, who was essentially a barrow boy who got hooked on cocaine and started to believe his own bullshit. O'Sullivan Senior was well known to Abraham Holmes. He was 37 years old and made millions running a string of sex shops in Soho and was well known amongst the London underworld. His snooker-obsessed son was just 16 and on the way to becoming world champion when his father was jailed for a minimum of 18 years for murder. Bruce Bryan was stabbed to death inside a club on Charles's King Road. O'Sullivan had been drinking on a drinking binge with a friend when they went looking for trouble at the club. There was said to be a racist element to the murder. Abraham Holmes said the saddest thing about the conviction was that Bernie Silver was friendly with the police on the nicking, and the videotape that convicted him could have been lost for a price. But O'Sullivan declined and served 17 years in prison. While in jail, his wife took control of his pornography business and was said to ter- was to run it better than her husband. Jewish Dave, the book hinted at, was a piano player, which seems unlikely. He was being held in a basement by part of the home, the Hunt OCG. Stephen Hunt, David Hunt and Billy Jacobs. He had done something to transgress their business. In Judas Pig it said that he had fucked a merchandising company that they had an interest in for £200,000. He was being senseless when he was tied to a chair and he died as a result of his injuries. Jewish Dave was a friend of the Abraham Silvers character and he has to dispose of the body. The body's driven to a farm and the body's fed to pigs. It seems that this is usual practice for a farmer called Boris and Judas Pig who's diversifying and seems happy to make money getting rid of bodies. It seems to be a good business. The jokes, the jokes about Jewish Dave being ending up inside a pork pie in Europe, it seems that pigs are a convenient way of getting rid of evidence that seemingly spread to the UK. It's not known who Jewish Dave was. One candidate was Bremore Lindpop. Lindop. He ran an amphetamine factory under surveillance for three months by police at Lindop Yard. This operation was frustrated by corrupt police. Lindop was described as a haulage owner with an interest in guns. He was thought to sell these to criminals that he knew. He was killed because he was thought to also be a police informant 
and his murder was linked to police corruption. Lindot's name as a police informer was George Wimpy. Lindot was shot in 2002, which seems to rule him out as Jewish Dave, but rumours persist about the Canningtown cartel, the Hunt OCG, had a hand in his murder. Again, this story may be an amalgamation of different stories. There was a rumour that a skull was allegedly taken out on the anniversary of the murder of Jewish Dave at an East End pub, and the gang celebrated the death. Whether this skull was thought to have been that of Jewish Dave, or even if it was a true story, is unknown. The Wright brothers, the only way as Essex brothers, whose front was a high-end showroom at South End, featured several times in Judas Pig, as they were associates of the Canningtown cartel. The Wright brothers had a problem with drug importation gang, an OCG, whose name was unknown, who were operating in Spain and Holland. Eddie Wright and Jason, aka Tattoo Wright, owed this OCG £1 million for drugs that had already been supplied. As the Wright brothers had not paid what they were uh, owed, the gang who supplied them the drugs had seized the Wright brothers' properties in Spain. This was at the same time, the summer of 1993, when Jimmy Holmes had been told that Hunt had lost a quarter of a million pound on a drug deal gone wrong. Holmes was in prison at the time, but on day release from prison he flew to Amsterdam on a fake passport to meet with Jason Tattoo Wright and Ronnie Johnson, a drug smuggler regularly bringing in one or two tonnes of cannabis to the UK in lorries each week, to try to ascertain who ripped them off, if indeed anybody actually had. There was a plan to kidnap a member of the gang, with Johnson and Wright, who supplied the cannabis, but it was aborted as Holmes felt there was something amiss. He didn't trust the situation. Holmes organised another cannabis importation with drug smuggler Ronnie Johnson on a drug lorry run before returning to the UK and going back to open prison to serve out his sentence. Lindop was thought to have been involved in the Wright and Johnson drug importation, it's all very confusing as it seems that David Hunt claimed to have lost money in a seized drug importations, but at the same time bought a very expensive house in the Essex countryside from a dodgy character who needed money quickly to get taxman off his back. It was thought that Hunt claimed to have lost money in which he in fact invested in the property where he lived. An ex-British army sniper, which some people named as Dean Hegarty, had been sent to Holland to help sort out the problem. Lindop was later shot in January 2002. None of the facts were certain, and there are variations of the story which seem very confused, probably deliberately, with a sprinkle of misinformation. There's a lot of filling in Judas Pig, the book Judas Pig. For example, trying to rescue a greyhound in a traveller camp at East Malling in Kent. This seems more of a comic interlude, like a scene from Lock Stock and Two Smoking Barrels. Perry Pomfitters, who was an illegal turf accountant, amongst other criminal activity, had his dog stolen. This must be Peter Pomfret, who was a businessman and a property developer who owned the Epping Forest Country Club. Pomfret was not thought to be a criminal, although the country club was a nightclub very popular with the Essex underworld. Amongst those thought to have stolen the dog were a bare-knuckled gypsy guy in the book Judas Pig. This was thought to be one of two characters, Matt Attrill or Bugsy Price. Some members of the Canning Town cartel went to get the dog back wasn't quite as explained in uh, Judas Pig as guns were involved and a dog did get shot. The story seems greatly exaggerated if it did actually happen. Regarding the Epping Forest Club, David Hunt managed to get control of it after Pomfret was unable to cope with the violence that was unleashed at the club. David Hunt became a partner at the club before eventually taking it over in 2005 and rebranding it as a respectable country club and golf course, 
when it was renamed the Wollstone Manor Club and Country Club. Sorry, the Wollstone Manor Golf and Country Club. This was in contrast to the often out-of-control nightclub, which was such a draw for the youth of the area, when it was the Epping Forest Club. In Judas Pig, Billy Abrahams has a party out in the sticks, while I buy up all the Moe champagne. This is probably the Epping Country Club. The narrator also talks about Silvertown Boxing Club, which must be the Peacock's Gym, which Abraham Holmes describes as a right pisshole. In the club is introduced to jump-up men, or lorry hijackers, who must have been part of the sniper gang, and later the Bowers OCG. Judas Pig is often quite amusing in his observations. For example, he says you, can't have, you don't have to be crazy to play crazy golf, just a sad fuck with nothing better to do. His observations are scattered freely throughout the book, which are often quite amusing. In the book, there's a South London character who's referred to as Bitch Tits, who walks around in tight lycra to show off his muscles, who pronounce bare muckle fights. Two other characters involved in these fights are Sunbed Terry and his brother Heart Attack Jack. They come into the story as they're promoting a night of charity boxing when Nenny McLean, who's not taking part, is meeting up with a character in Judas Pig called Dario Dork who's the Hollywood actor and sometimes boxer Mickey O'Rourke, who's arrived from Miami, USA, to discuss making a film about Lenny McLean, starring himself, O'Rourke, as McLean. The night does not go well and the arena erupts into a huge fight along racial lines. A hitman called Porky Edwards was said to be master of ceremonies in Judas Pig. This seems to be based on an, an event which actually took place at an unlicensed boxing match. Dario Dork, or Mickey O'Rourke, does not come across very well, being out of his head on drinking drugs and avoiding any confrontations. Abraham Holmes had earlier flown out to Miami to meet up with O'Rourke and give him the script of the proposed film. Holmes met O'Rourke in a rundown bar with several others, including the British boxer Gary Stretch, who David Hunt had supposedly beaten up a few months previously for disrespecting an old man in an East End pub. It was thought that Hunt's wife had thought Stretch was good-looking, which may have caused Hunt to look for an excuse to punch him. It's also doubted that Stretch had disrespected anyone, and if indeed it did happen. O'Rourke was drunk and insisted on Holmes staying for the evening when he went to Miami. Holmes became disgusted by O'Rourke's drunk behaviour, and when he eventually collapsed on the pavement, his false teeth came out, and Holmes was said to have kicked them away. And this reported uh, this episode is reported pretty much as it happened in Judas Pig. Spud Murphy is another character that Abrahams, Holmes or Silver is not much impressed with. I've not much idea who the character could be, although he has a an Irish background. Spud Murphy has a big role in Judas Pig. He's said to own a lot of property in Deptford and owned Beckton Alps the new um, ski slope, a ski slope that was built on toxic waste heap, an old gas works that opened in 1989 by Princess Di and closed in 2001. This was actually owned by Harry Hayward. Spud is described as an old school gangster who's importing Ganapus, which is ripped off by an OCG pretending to be the police. He is another character in the book, Judas Pig, who's not respected by those, by the Hunt OCG. Spud Murphy was thought to be an amalgamation of several characters that included Frankie Fraser and Harry Haywood. Spud Murphy is quite a common Irish nickname. There was a Terry Spud Murphy who lived in Canning Town and would have known Jimmy Holmes. Fat Ray was a character who ran the stall pitches at Berwick Street Market in the late 1980s. Another character was Hoovermouth. The eyes and ears of Fat Ray on the streets. Hoovermouth has only half a face. He blew out the rest of it in a failed suicide attempt. Fat Ray was based at the property owned by Jimmy Holmes in Soho. So he must have worked at the porno cinema, sex shop and the brothel. I suppose he's a figure that people would have known and is easily recognisable for those people in the know at the time. 
Other stories in Judas Pig include allegations that Danny, or David Hunt, slitting the throat of a doorman at the Top Hat Club. The, sorry, the Top Hat and Tails Cabaret Club at Bethnal Green. This was supposed to be the night when Freddie Starr was supposed to have performed at the club. But I can find no record of this. There are unpleasant stories about a bare-knuckle fighter, Mickey Glukstead. He's accused of being a nonce. And an attempt on his life is made by Danny and Abrahams, as he's been thought to have gotten away for raping a boy. Glukstead seemed to have been a very unpopular character to Abraham and Holmes. Another story that deserves more examination was that of Connie Blackhead, or the real name Connie Whitehead. I've told this story in a podcast on the unsolved double murder of Goodrum and Arnold in Epping Forest in 1989, in a previous podcast. Whitehead, amongst others, are thought to have been involved in these murders. In Judas Pig, Connie runs a pub under the Canning Town flyover called The Norseman. This is the pub where Nicky Gerrard slashed Mickey Glukstead and spent time in jail as a result. Another interesting story where the names are not very well disguised includes that of Carter Woods, a.k.a. AKA Woodsy. Woods is in prison and Donnie Longshanks, or Hunt, is supposed to be having an affair with his wife who runs a cafe. Woods has found out about the relationship and Danny's being pressurised by his estranged wife to do something about him as as she's frightened of him. It's never clear who the woman is. She's called Jennifer in Judas Pig. Well, Jennifer is based on Linda Calvary. Calvi. I don't think there's ever been anything to confirm that David Hunt ever had an affair with her. She's quite a bit older than him. But David Hunt had the reputation of being a ladies' man, whatever that means, and maybe he was intrigued by her reputation. Woods was doing time with Ronnie Cook. Cook introduced his wife, Linda, Linda Calvi to Woods and encouraged her to visit Woods who wasn't getting many visitors. Cook got moved to another prison but his wife kept visiting Woods who would smuggle drugs into him in a Alan Wickers as as it was said in Judas Pig. Woods is released and has an affair with Linda who tells him that she is in a fix because Ronnie Cook is about to be released from prison and she's spent a lot of his money that he left with her for safekeeping. She claims he's a controlling narcissist and it's arranged that Woods would kill Cook. Woods comes to the house and shoots Cook but can't finish him off so Linda grabs the gun and finishes the job. This is December 1990. Linda, or Linda Calvi, whose first husband was shot dead in 1978 after which time she became an armed robber and served a jail sentence coming out in 1989. Linda was known as the Black Widow because all the lovers ended up being dead or in jail. If the story in Judas Pig is true, then Wood's real name is Danny Reese. Linda has now been released from jail and then put her life of crime behind her, remarried and written an autobiography. She's put her past behind her. There are probably other parts of the story that I've not focused on sufficiently and other stories that I've missed. I was going to include the other books written by Horace Silver called The Charity Committee. This book's set mainly in prison but it's quite revealing when he's questioned by the police and goes into detail about his relationship with David Hunt. It seems that the story is set in the early 1990s when when Holmes is in jail but some of it seems to be set after he's fallen out with the Hundo CG, which would have been in the, uh, in the late 1990s. Regarding Judas Pig, it's important to remember that the book was written as an act of revenge, so the stories are supposedly to put Dave, Danny or David Hunt in a bad light. Also, there are times when Jimmy Holmes or Abrahams has gone on drug binges and may have had some mental health problems so he may be an unreliable narrator. The interview that is available on YouTube took place in 2006 for a Ross Ross Kemp documentary, although I'm not sure if it made the TV documentary. Tony Thompson, the journalist, was influential in getting the book published. I can thoroughly recommend it. Uh, 
watch it on YouTube. Just search for Judas Pig. The comments are also very interesting. It's unknown for certain whether the Holmes, Abraham's character, is still, alive, uh, still active. Some claim he may be dead. But what seems more likely is that he came to some agreement whereby Hunt would stop searching for him if Holmes stayed away from the UK and stopped writing about him. What seems such a long time ago now, approaching 30 years since the Holmes Abrahams was imprisoned in the early 1990s. I think he's still alive. Anyway, all the information that I've gathered is in the public domain and be aware that some of these stories may have been uh, influenced by the police who made up things to cause tension and confusion, as they do. So it remains for me to thank Damselfly for providing the background music and thank you for downloading. And until next time, I will say goodbye.